into a message that I'm tagging to the old message. Uh, and I titled this, The Anointing of a King. The Anointing of a King. You can't stop the people of the Spirit because you have been anointed. A king cannot be a slave at the same time. Is that either you're a king or you're a slave. You cannot be both at the same time. It's not possible to be that way. And tonight, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and by the power of the name of Jesus, whatever is in your life that is causing you to be in slavery, to whatever, this is the very end of it tonight, in the name of Jesus. You will no longer be a slave to death, so you can pay your bills. You will no longer be a slave to sickness where you are constantly sick and sickly. That's not your inheritance. Jesus paid an awesome price on the cross for you. You need to realize that he, you have nothing to do with it. He has everything to do with him. Nothing that you're doing, good or bad. You just have to recognize that he has made you a king and a priest and kings cannot be in slavery. So you cannot go in, you are not going into slavery. You are not going to into slavery with death. You are not going to slavery with sickness or bad relationships. None of those things. You are not a slave of sin because the Bible tells us very clearly, sin shall not have dominion over you. So we know that you are not permitted to be a slave to anything. You are born free. Into the house of God. And remember what the scripture says. He who the son makes free. Is free indeed. When the son makes you free. When you are born into the house of God. You are born into the royalty. So begin to walk like royalty. Walk like a king. And not like a slave. Until you are empowered. You cannot be in power. Until you are empowered, you cannot be in power. If you are in power, you are going to be dealing with a lot of resistance. There will be enemies. The stronger your power, the stronger the resistance, and the more enemies you have. So the scripture tells us, the Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. So forget about the enemies. Just rule in their presence. They are there. Recognize them. But you have been made a king. Therefore rule in the midst of your enemy. In the Old Testament, God always, I think 37 times in the Old Testament, before you ascend the throne, you have to be anointed. 37 times, God ordained that a man be anointed to ascend the throne. 
And once you get on the throne after you've been anointed, now you have been empowered to reign, to rule. And this happened a lot in the Old Testament. Samuel said to Saul, before he anointed him with oil, oil, he said, Is it not because the Lord has appointed you, has anointed you to be captain over his inheritance? And then he poured the oil on him. And then he told him, as you go, you will meet some people prophesying. You have been an ordinary man. You will meet some people prophesying. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will prophesy with them. And then you will be turned into a new man. Not the one that I saw before you were anointed. So you are anointed to rule. To reign. Before God. 37 times in scripture, God sent his servant, go and anoint. And I'm going to give you one here. First Kings chapter 19, verse 15 through 16. Then the Lord God said to him, go, he was speaking to Elijah, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. This is a different country. But when God has an assignment for you that is special, he gives you the anointing, the Holy Spirit. Isaiah was the king of Syria, not the king of Israel. Think about it. But God said to the prophet Elijah, I have a divine assignment for this man. Therefore, I want you to go. He said, ordinary now, anoint him to be king over Syria. You have been anointed of the Holy Spirit because you have a divine assignment from God. And you are not ordinary. If you see yourself and carry yourself ordinary, as an ordinary person, Satan will deal with you in the same way. Because he knows you don't know the truth. Because you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. You got to know the truth. He said anoint him. To be king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi as king over Israel. So this is one prophet and he's anointing different people to become kings and to rule. They were not kings or rulers yet. But after the anointing they can now ascend the throne. To be king. To fulfill his assignment. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel Mehola. You shall anoint as prophet in your place. We all know about Elisha. But also he had a divine appointment as well. So when God anoints you with the Holy Spirit, it's because he's anointing you with the spirit of a king. And we must carry ourselves like royalty. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Whether you feel that way or not, doesn't mean anything to God. God has ordained it. You have been anointed. You cannot rule without the anointing. You cannot reign in life without the anointing. This is very important. That's why Jesus told the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem until you be Filled with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. 
You're tired. Don't go anywhere. You need the Holy Spirit for the special assignment that I have for your life. You need to be anointed. He's called the anointing of a king to rule and to reign. The Bible tells us in uh, 1 Samuel, I believe, when God anointed David, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, it says, the, the, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, that's David, in the midst of his brothers. And I said the other time, David was almost forgotten by his father. The father didn't think much about David. He was with the sheep. Too little. But he was anointed with the Holy Spirit in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. His life was changed. From that particular day forward. David didn't go to the palace at that point. But he was carrying the anointing of a king. All he needed was just to ascend to the throne. And God was training him in the wilderness. I said this before. Showing him how to deal with giants. And how to handle problems. Because you are carrying the anointing of a king. So God anointed it. And from that very day. When God tells us things like this, that from that day, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, that separates him from every other person in the land of Israel. And we need to understand in their day, David, Saul, Samuel, these were the only people, and the high priest, these were the only people that had the Holy Spirit on them. And this is the same Holy Spirit that we have today living inside of us, that we carry everywhere we go. The difference is we don't know what we have. Earthen vessel, but great treasure inside. That we are totally unaware of. And we look at all these things we are dealing with, and we forget the power that is at work inside of us. But that's what we are pointing to us, that God has given you that. There's so much power in you when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is part of it. But I tell you, the power that comes out of it. Knowing to use the gift that God's given to you. I know for me personally, if I have something I needed to do, maybe to go to a crusade, I need to... I spend a lot of time praying in tongues. I just do that for a long time. Just servicing my engine for the long haul. Amen. Charging my battery before I go. So you lose the fear. You lose the concern. And you, you can actually see God at work. Because God has filled me. When you go out in his name, Jesus said, you go in his name, you rule over sickness and disease. And all conditions. Revelation chapter 5 verse 10 says, And there and has made us Kings and priests to our God. What did he make you? King and priests to our God. And what else? And we shall, what? Reign on the earth. Some people will always say, well, uh, the new earth. Well, who would you be reigning over when you come back in the new earth? 
he talking about then or now? Are we going to be living on the earth? I don't know. But he says you shall reign on the earth. I can read in scripture when Paul and Barnabas are showing up into town. They say the men that have turned the world upside down, they have come to us. If you read that in scripture, just two men. They even wanted to make sacrifices to them. Because they looked like God. They thought these men were God. And Paul and this, no, 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 we are just ordinary men. The guys are saying, really? You're just ordinary men? What's happened to us? He's the same God, right? He's the same Jesus. The, the anointing of a king. That's what we must know. You have been anointed to rule. Much more those that have received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign on earth. That's what it says. We'll reign in this life. We'll reign in this life. No sickness reigning over your life. Yes, you may be tempted with it, but you can deny, no, that's not my inheritance. I'm a king. Nobody will ever say, well, let's go pray for Brother Jesus because Brother Jesus is not feeling well this morning. Jesus of Nazareth. Let's have a prayer meeting for Brother Jesus. He's, he's feeling sick this morning. Everybody says, what Jesus are you talking about? Are you talking about Jesus or somebody else? <laughs> it can't be Jesus of Nazareth because that's totally impossible. Jesus was a king in the making for 30 years. He was a king in the making for 30 years until the day of his revealing to Israel. When he ascended the throne, after he had been baptized, went back to the went, went into the wilderness and he said he returned from the wilderness with what? Filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And the multitudes went to him. And then he went to Nazareth. And he found that scripture. Isaiah 61. Luke chapter 4 before verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. To bring recovery of sight. To set captive free. And from then he reigned. You couldn't take him up. Pilate didn't know what to say to him. Pilate had never seen anybody like that in his entire life. Pilate was the same man that mingled the blood of 18 Galileans with their sacrifice. Could care less about anybody. But yet he stood before Jesus, he was scared. Because he's never seen a person like that. With Joseph, Pharaoh said, hey, we haven't seen anybody in whom the Spirit of God lives. Where can we find anybody like this? And it's the same Holy Spirit that's in your life today. And people are playing church. The same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit. The Bible says decree a thing. Why decree? Because you are a king. Kings rule by decrees. You know, they don't say let's, let's gather together and vote. No, kings don't do that. They decree and everybody follows. 
Sometimes that decree can cost you your life. Doesn't matter. God says, decree a thing and it shall be established. Why is he telling us that? Because we belong to his family. Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth, he's bound in heaven. You have the power to bind these things because you have the anointing of a king upon your life. Jesus said, you do the same works that I did. And he wasn't kidding. He spoke the truth to us. Kings must reign. What will kings reign by? If you are a king. The greatest thing for a king is wisdom. You cannot reign without wisdom. Solomon recognized that. There is no ruling without wisdom. But the Spirit of God is the Spirit of wisdom. Solomon had an encounter before God who is his Spirit. And God spoke to him. And after he left... He received that wisdom from God. And guess what was happening to him? Kings everywhere were coming to listen to him. The queen of Sheba said, they told me stuff, but they didn't tell me everything. That was a man that was born without much wisdom in his mind. And he knew it. And just one encounter with God, and God, they made him a king, but it was that day that God gave him what he needed to be the king of Israel. Not just the king of Israel, but at that stage, Solomon was it. Everybody had to listen to Solomon. They came from everywhere. Kings came, brought gifts, just to listen to him. And it's the same spirit that we have, the spirit of a king. Proverbs 8 verse 15 says, By me, speaking about the wisdom, kings reign. By me, kings reign. And rulers decree justice. So rulers must make decrees, right? They decree justice. By the wisdom, Romans, I mean, uh, Proverbs chapter 8, everything there is about wisdom. And remember, wisdom is the principal thing. So the Holy Spirit is the one who delivers divine wisdom into your life so you can reign in life as king before God. So what are the ingredients of the anointing? Because you have to be anointed to reign. What are these? The Bible actually speaks of sevenfold Spirits of God. This is different. But I need you to see something. The Bible speaks about sevenfold spirits of God. And this is where we find the ingredients. And we're going to go into this very carefully. 
Turn with me to Revelation chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. It says, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne. What are these lamps of fire? Which are the seven spirits of God. Seven spirits of God. Seven spirits of God. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, says the same thing. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, that's speaking of Jesus, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. So, is God seven? Seven spirits of God. Seven eyes. And we have two scriptures talking about this. So what does the scripture, what constitutes the seven spirits that we're talking about? I want to let you know this, that Jesus had all of them. Notice there were eyes in the lamb. Jesus carried every single one of them. After he was filled with the Holy Spirit. These seven spirits of God, they constitute the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had every one of them. And that's why he was so successful at the assignment that God had given to him. So what are these seven spirits that we're talking about? Where can you find? What constitutes this? Well, I'm glad you asked. You guys looking at me tonight. Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Verse 2 and 3. And the Spirit of the Lord, speaking of Jesus, the branch of Jesse, the root from Jesse, Jesse, it says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's talking about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And there are the seven spirits. First, the Spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The same spirit, but these are seven of them. We're going to go through all of them. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge. By the sight of his eyes, nor decide 
by the hearing of his ears. In this one scripture, you're looking at the seven spirits of God. That constitutes the Holy Spirit. And the scripture here in in Isaiah chapter 11, he's telling us that Jesus had all of them. And if you read the scripture, it was the the branch of David, the rod from the house of Jesse, and God filled them with the Spirit. But this Spirit, seven things that he has, the Spirit of wisdom, five of those has to do with wisdom. So kings reign by wisdom. Five of those have to do with wisdom. First is the spirit of wisdom. Secondly is the spirit of understanding. That has to do with wisdom. Knowing how to apply wisdom, we started last week, for your benefit. Apply knowledge for your benefit. But you also now, the spirit of knowledge. You can see this is so important. No, Jesus even when he, when he was young, about 12, he was in Jerusalem. Guess what he was doing? His parents left him. He was busy learning. He sat before the, the people, the Pharisees and the lawgivers in the land and was listening to them and asking them questions. Do you remember that? He, they, they forgot him. Spirit of knowledge. Then the spirit of counsel. That has to do with wisdom. And the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. So five of them, they all have to do with wisdom. And then you have the spirit of might. And then finally, the spirit of the ability to judge rightly. Not by what you hear. Or what you see. So Jesus can judge a man. Rightly. You're telling him something. He already knows where you're going with that. You're trying to ask him a question. He already seen everything. You can ask him. He asks, he'll ask you. Say, Well I'll ask you another question. And by the time you're through. You'll be answering your own question. <laughs> because of the wisdom that was in him. And that was the same wisdom that you saw in Stephen. They couldn't resist him. Because of the Holy Spirit in his life. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, make sure you have understanding also. Because you have been born to reign in life. We need the wisdom of God. Christ has become to us the wisdom of God. That's what we need. We need this wisdom of God. We need understanding. If you read in in, uh, Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the sower. The one that fell on the wayside. The reason why the devil was able to steal the word that was sown so that the, the word didn't bear fruit was because this person did not understand what was spoken. So you need the Spirit of God to give you wisdom, understanding. That's why here in our church we say the Lord has opened 
my ear. We are confessing that. Because until he opens your ears, until he gives you the tongue of the land, and he awakens your ear morning by morning, you hear the word, it comes in here, and it goes out, and there's no fruit. But you see, the word of God for you is supposed to bear fruit. Every time you hear the word of God, it's supposed to bear fruit in your life. But until you gain understanding, you'll be ordinary. But God did not call you to be ordinary. God, the word of God says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You're supposed to act like your father who is a spirit. A mystery to the world. Therefore you are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Not this little light of mine, but the light of the world. That's what God has called, you, called us to be. We haven't fully understood what God has given to us. When God begins to unveil this, and I'm sure that's why we read that scripture, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, as you hear the word of God, you are being transformed. You may not be aware. I feel I, I have to say these things. Because as I say them to you, and as I hear myself saying, it's a double-edged sword, I'm benefiting, you're benefiting, things are happening, a lot of spiritual transactions going on that you are totally unaware of, and your life is completely being transformed. You lose your fear, and before you know, you begin to realize, well, I don't fear anymore. I, I have confidence in life now. I know God's going to take care of me. Those things just don't come to you. It's only by the Spirit of God. Only by the Spirit of God. You know, the Bible says in Zechariah, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by what? By this. If you, Zerubbabel, he was supposed to reign. But you can't do it by your might. You don't need your power. Can't do it. It's always by the anointing. The Spirit of God. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of the living God. You need the anointing. You need God's anointing in your life. And you need that understanding. And then you need knowledge as well. A lot of Christians don't study. (laughs) Study to show yourself approved of God a workman and don't need to be ashamed you can't be a Christian and not be studying the word of God 1 Peter 2 tells us that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so that you grow thereby You have to study the Word of God. Did you know that Paul studied? Paul said, bring me those books. And the parchment, bring them to me. Paul was reading. Not just just the scripture or the Torah. He had other books that he was reading to gain knowledge. We have to study. And Jesus himself studied. Sitting before those people and asking them questions and listening to them. And they saw he's got a lot of understanding, this little kid. 
we think we always think that Jesus he was God and he knew everything. No, he studied. He was a man. Jesus was a real man. When I was a, when I was a kid and I, we read Bible in school. And I read about Jesus praying all night. And I'm saying, he is God. Why is he praying? What does he need? Why would this God, God praying all night? I can't even pray for five minutes. He's praying all night. Why would God pray all night? Why? What does he need? You see, if you're going to do anything for God that means anything, God's answer is the Holy Spirit. Every time. If you need your life changed, you need something done, when God answers, all He does, the Holy Spirit. Because He is the helper. He is the helper to help you in whatever you need as a king. You need the helper. In Acts chapter 4, the disciples were in real trouble. And they, they said, well, they, they warned them, don't speak in that name. And then they started praying. And they said, God, what we need for you to do is fill us, fill us with boldness. Give us boldness to speak the word, but also we need you to stretch your hand to heal the sick. How did God respond? He shook the place and he filled them with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that was the answer. That was God's answer. If you read the scripture, there's nothing else. He shook the place. It says the building was shaking where they were gathered. And then he baptized. He filled them with the Holy Spirit. And they went out with that power. And great multitudes came in. Signs were done. God's answer is, you need the anointing. The anointing of a king. So that no one can touch you. You know, I always go with, don't, can't touch this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. They see you and they're afraid. That's the way God does his thing. It's the anointing of a king. And the anointing, a good part of it is the wisdom. Five out of the, the seven. And we're going to be talking about this more next week. I'm running out of my time. But five out of this. Wisdom. Wisdom. And you so James said, if anyone lacks wisdom, remember that? Let him ask. Because you can't reign without wisdom. By wisdom, we reign as kings. And Jesus has become to us the wisdom of God. All I need to do is get that wisdom. Once you have that wisdom and you combine that with your knowledge and understanding, Satan knows to leave you alone. And he just comes to you like that. It's not something you have to struggle for. Just keep seeking God and God will just, back, just deliver that to you. You know, I've shared in church here before, long ago, I say long ago, but actually really long ago. <laughs> but I used to be so scared because of, of my background. It was witch, 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 and we're afraid of witches. In my country, we're scared of them. It's witch doctor, oof, we don't want to go near those people. 
And in my early days, demons oppressed me so much. They oppressed me every night. Maybe some of you have experienced that. You're sleeping, and then all of a sudden, you have this weight over you. You're trying to speak. You can't speak. You're trying to move your leg. You can't move your toe. You're trying to call the name of Jesus. If nothing comes out, and you're shaking, and then all of a sudden, you're like, Ooh, okay, Jesus, Jesus. And usually I will go on my knees and say, Oh, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, God the Father, every one of you help me. I need help. <laughs> and I'm so scared. I'm, I'm afraid to go back to sleep. And I'm thinking, if I sleep, they'll come back again. Because it's just as a dark shadow comes over you. And I knew what it was. And they warned me back, in, at home, back home that if, you, if this thing continues in your life, you're going to have a terminal sickness. So I'm living with something that I can't stop. And I'm thinking, one day I'm going to be terminally sick. How do you deal with that? So I kept crying out to God, God, why don't you answer me? How can I be a Christian and this devil is rubbing my face in the ground? Something is not wrong. It's wrong with my relationship. If I'm a Christian, God, let me know. Because I can't handle this. And God gave me wisdom and understanding. One day, this thing happened. In my frustration, I cried to God. And he rebuked me mildly. He says, what's the matter with you? You're just a little demon. And he's right in the corner of your room, looking, laughing at you as you're calling God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, oh, help me. He's laughing at you. And I went, oh my God. I've been such a fool. So I said to the demon, nobody, nothing in the room. Come here. Stand right there. Nobody was in the room. I'm sure if you were in the other room, you think, that man has lost his mind now. He's going crazy. But I said to the demon, I couldn't see him. I said, I'm a prince, you know. I'm a child of God. You got to stop this nonsense, okay? You don't touch me. Guess what? He stopped. I'd been dealing with that thing for years. Not even when I'm at home. It, they dare not. Uh, Pastor Paul will tell you. He was praying for a girl who wanted to be free, a witch. And that girl said, do you know that man that comes from America to preach? And Paul, because Paul knew me, Paul said, I said what man? And he, he described me. And Paul said, yeah, I know him. He says, we witches, we have learned to stay away from him. Whenever he's preaching, there's always fire around the place. I don't care about them anymore. But there was a time I was scared of them. It doesn't make me special. No, I just know the truth now. I got the understanding. I'm never special. I was as special then when they were rubbing my face in the ground <laughs> as I became later in my mind. It was all in my mind because I had no knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. I was suffering where I should, I should have been free for a long time. Because I had no wisdom, no understanding, no knowledge. But as soon as I found the knowledge, I, I, I lost the fear. It's no longer there. Some, I've been in a church and God will tell me there are a lot of witches here. And I tell them, you are many here. And the pastor later says, because I won't discuss it with pastor, he might argue with me. So I just get in the preach, pulpit to preach, and I tell them, many of you here practice witchcraft. And pastor says, oh yes, there are many here. There are, there are a lot of them here practicing. But no one said a word to me. And I told them, I'm not scared of you guys. You are filled with a little demon. 
I am filled with the spirit of the king. Amen. You can't touch this one. Okay. That's what you have as a child of God. You have no reason to be afraid of anything. Don't listen to anybody. Jesus has the keys of hell and death. Until I want to go home, no sickness, no disease has the power to destroy a king. Paul said, I am now ready. I finished the race. I'm now ready to go. But before then, you can kill the man. We couldn't. We have to understand these things. Jesus, Pilate said, don't you know I have the power to Jesus? <laughs> don't you know I have the power to kill you? Jesus said, you don't have the power. Unless it was given to you from above. Amen? No disease has the power. But if God says that's the way, well, maybe. But I know Jesus paid the price for me not to be sick. So that's rejected. Amen? If I have to die by persecution, okay, that's fine. But understand, you were born to be a king for the Lord. Get filled with the Spirit and ascend the throne. Open that scripture that reads, Luke 4 verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. How many have received the Holy Spirit here tonight? Yes, you can see that because that scripture was written for you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel. It's for us. Why read it in the scriptures if it's not for you? And if you don't believe that's for you, tear that page off your Bible. Take tear the page off because it doesn't apply to you. But that scripture is your Bible. It's truly speaking to you. So believe the word of God and begin to act that way. Amen. You have the spirit of the living God. Stand up with me tonight. I may not go into some of all of this uh, next week. The spirit of wisdom. Understanding knowledge. Counsel. I like the one might. Amen. There were different people that carried different things in the scriptures. On the Old Testament. But we got all of them. Samson carried the might. You know that? But he was not very smart. Excuse me. <laughs> Solomon had no... He didn't have to go to war. He carried that wisdom. That's just the way it is. Different one with different things that God gave them. in Different assignments. But for us, we have all of them. We have all of them. John Wesley at 80... Still riding on horseback, going around preaching. He was already 80 years old. I don't ride horses. It's like when you ride them, it's like the horse is riding you as well. <laughs> it's really bumpy. Okay? <laughs> That's just the way it is. How you can be riding a horse at 80, I don't understand that. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you put your hands up tonight? And just let's thank God for what you got. The Holy Spirit in your life. How precious to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear concerning your life. 
You have nothing to fear concerning your children. You have nothing to fear concerning your husband, your wife, your relationship. You have nothing to fear concerning your, your finances because the Lord is your shepherd. It seems like just talking, but the Lord is. And we must believe that He is when we come to Him and that He is a rewarder. Meaning He answers your prayer of the, those who uh, diligently seek Him. God's answering our prayers tonight. Declare to yourself, I'm a child of God, I'm a king, I'm a priest in the house of God, in the house of my father. I am a family member, I'm well accepted. Sin doesn't have dominion over me. Sickness cannot take me out. No sickness can get in my body. My body is too hard for sickness and disease. I have to be well. I don't need the flu. I don't have any flu season. I got all my seasons I want wellness. I have what they call wellness season. That's for me every time. Staying well. Staying well. Then declare that and let the word of God transform your life. Amen. Let the word of God. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your great promises. Great and precious promises that by these we might partake of your divine nature. And Lord, it's your will that we partake of your divine nature. And I want to thank you for that. We give you praise tonight. I thank you, Lord, because your people have been transformed from glory to glory. I thank you because your people's needs have been met. Every single need met. They have been healed by the blood of Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus. They cannot be sick. I rebuke every sickness, every disease upon them and their family. Every home in the represented here, every member of this church, every home, every family is blessed according to the promise of God. Because God, you cannot lie. And I want to thank you. Lord, I pray that you will help us to lift up our heads. And not to succumb to the pressure of sin. To make us think that sin has power over our lives. We are free from the power of sin. We are now slaves of righteousness according to your word. We will not obey the enemy. We will not obey the power of sin. We will live for our God. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.